Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Genesis. Hey, friends and faithful listeners, happy Monday after New Year's Day. I hope all of you guys had a really great New Year's celebration and hopefully a really nice long weekend. That is something super exciting that I'm sure you guys really, really needed after the holiday. It's always nice to have a few days off after the holidays for sure. Now, let me know if you guys are resolution makers at the beginning of each new year. I... I think I already talked a little bit about my New Year's resolution, but it is to make this year better than last year. And that is my resolution every single year. And so far, I have achieved it every year. Let me know what your resolution is. Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash P40 Ministries, and talk to me there. You can get a hold of me very easily, actually, either on my website or on Facebook. If you have any questions or concerns, you can always contact me in either of those two places. And I will set up a link in the bio of this podcast episode so that you can easily navigate over there. Now, today we are going to be reading Genesis chapter 26, verses 12 through 35. And we are reading this today because I really want to finish out the entire chapter and also because the two stories in this chapter kind of flow together. Well, there's three stories, but the two that I'm going to be reading about today kind of flow into each other. So we left off by talking about Isaac, who is Abraham's son, and Isaac was living in the city of Gerar. That is because there was a famine in the land and he was unable to produce crops, or at least was afraid that he was unable to produce crops. So he moved into the city and God had told him to stay there because he was going to bless him. Now, Isaac was a farmer. He was probably afraid because this famine was happening. He was probably terrified, but God had promised that he was going to be blessed and Isaac believed him. So let's start reading verse 12. I'm going to be reading out the NLT version of the Bible this morning. So grab your cup of coffee. And let's go ahead and start reading. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he had planted. For the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley, where he set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds from Gerar came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said, and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Essek, which means argument. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. 
Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time, there was no dispute over it, so Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. From there, Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord had appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God of your father Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshipped the Lord. He set up his camp at that place and his servants dug another well. One day, King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisor, Ahuzath, and also Fickle, his army commander. Why have you come here? Isaac asked. You obviously hate me, since you kicked me off your land. They replied, We can plainly see that the Lord is with you, so we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us, just as we have never troubled you. We have always treated you well, and we sent you away from us in peace. And now look how the Lord has blessed you. So Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty, and they ate and drank together. Early the next morning, they each took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again, and they left him in peace. That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well they had dug. We found water, they exclaimed. So Isaac named the well Sheba, which means oath. And to this day, the town that grew up there is called Beersheba, which means well of the oath. At the age of 40, Esau married two Hittite wives, Judith, the daughter of Beri, and Basameth, the daughter of Elon. But Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebecca. Sorry guys, that was a lot more reading than I expected it to be. For some reason, that was quite a bit. But let's talk about this for a little bit. So Isaac is living in the city of Gerar, but he goes out and he does what he usually does, which is to plant his crops. Now he's been living there for a while, it says. It doesn't say how long he's been there, but it has been for some time. So it could have been a few years. So he finally goes out and he starts planting again. And it says that he harvested a hundred times more grain than he had originally planted because the Lord blessed him, just as the Lord had promised that he would do. So Isaac becomes super rich because he has a hundred times more grain than he originally planned on. So he's able to sell it and gain money. Especially if there was a famine going on, it doesn't say if there is or isn't at this point, but even if it's at the end of the famine, I'm sure people are still very stressed out and want that grain for themselves. So Isaac becomes very rich because he has so much grain, he's able to sell it off. And he acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, and it says herds of cattle and also servants. He acquired so many of these things that the Philistines, and those were the people that lived in that city there with him, the Philistines became super jealous of him and they were really mad at him. So they go and they're super petty. They go and they fill up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. <laughs> that is just so petty and ridiculous. And that was because back then, especially where 
this is located, which was kind of a desertous region, you know, this would have been a horrible thing, especially if Isaac had so many flocks of, you know, sheep and cattle and whatever else. This would have been terrible for him to have no water for his flocks of sheep. This would have been absolutely horrible. And plus, there wouldn't wouldn't have been any water in the area. And I am sure Isaac was pretty angry about all of this. But from everything that I'm reading about Isaac, he seems to be a very docile sort of man. That might not have been the case, but the way he's portrayed in the Bible, I would guess he was pretty docile and probably avoided conflict. Finally, the king of this area, the Philistine king, who was named Abimelech, he orders Isaac to leave. He's like, go away. You have become way too powerful for us. You know, you are blessed abundantly. You should just go. You are too powerful for us. We are jealous of you. We don't like you. Go. So Isaac goes. He doesn't say anything. He moves away to the Gerar Valley. So this was probably pretty close to the city. But he sets up his tent there and he settles down. And now he ends up reopening all these wells that his father had dug. And that is because uh, the Philistines had filled them in after Abraham had died. So Abraham had clearly already lived in this area. So Isaac restores all these wells that uh, Abraham had dug, his father, and he gives them the same names that Abraham gave them. You know, a well was a big deal back then. Like, we don't really think of wells as being big deals nowadays in America because water is readily available. I mean, where I live, there's water everywhere. So we're not super concerned about water here. But back then, water was so, so important that they would name their wells and lay claim to them. Isaac reopens all these wells and his servants end up digging another well and discovering this well of beautiful, fresh water. And like I said, this was a huge deal. This would have been really exciting news to everybody. But all of a sudden, these shepherds, these Philistine shepherds that have their flocks of sheep in the Gerar Valley, they come and they start arguing with Isaac. And they're like, that was our spring that you guys just dug. And they said, this is our water. And they argue over it with Isaac's herdmen. So Isaac ends up naming that well Essek, which means argument. So then Isaac digs another well. He's like, okay, whatever, just have that well. You can have it. Your sheep can have it. And he digs another well. And again, it was disputed because he finds more water. You know, Isaac was blessed by God. I mean, digging a well back then, I I can imagine it took a really long time and there was no guarantee that you would find water to begin with. So this was a big deal. And so Isaac digs another well with his servants, but there's another dispute over it. So Isaac names that well Sitna, which means hostility, because he keeps finding water and he keeps being blessed by God and, you know, they're jealous of him. So finally, Isaac moves and says Isaac moves on and he digs another well. So he's not arguing with these people. He's like, all right, whatever, just take your stupid well. So then this time, Isaac names this place Rehoboth. He finds another well. He names it Rehoboth because it means open space. And he says, finally, God has created space for us to prosper in this land. Now, after this, it doesn't say how many days or years or anything has passed, but Isaac moves on to Beersheba. And I don't know if this is before or after 
Isaac's covenant with Abimelech that we haven't quite talked about yet. But he moves on to Beersheba and the Lord appears to him again. So Isaac has the Lord appear to him a second time. And God once again confirms to Isaac saying, I am going to bless you. And I think that's really great. You know, one thing I talked about in my Genesis recap episode is the fact that God had come to Abraham several times to tell him that he was going to be blessed. He keeps reminding people, you know, sometimes we need that encouragement. Sometimes we forget. We we need that kind of um, reassurance. And God understands that. And he comes to Isaac once again and he says, don't be afraid. I will bless you. So clearly Isaac was afraid once again in his heart, maybe that his family wouldn't be provided for, or maybe he forgot, you know, I mean, he is a human. So God says, don't be afraid. I will bless you. And that is the very first day that Isaac moves on to the Beersheba area. So now in verse 26 and 27, Abimelech comes from Gerar with his advisor, Ahuzath, and also Fickle, his army commander. And we had learned a little bit about Fickle a few uh, chapters ago with Abraham. You know, this was the same exact king that Abraham had dealt with uh, many chapters prior. So Abimelech comes and he sees Isaac. He goes to visit Isaac. And Isaac's like, why are you here? He's like, you hate me. You kicked me out of your, your city, out of your land. Why are you here? And their, and their, their reply really makes me crack up. So first they're jealous of him and now they want to use him. So they say, we can see plainly that the Lord is with you. So, so they're jealous probably still, but they want to use Isaac and make sure that he doesn't get too powerful and overtake them. So he says, we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us just as we have never troubled you. But they have troubled Isaac. You know, they're forgetting that they have troubled Isaac a lot. I mean, they kicked him out of the Philistine land and then they're arguing with him over these wells and stuff like that. So they've given Isaac quite a bit of trouble. And also this same king, King Abimelech, had promised Abraham many years before, before Abraham had died, that he would treat his sons kindly. Abimelech had already promised this and he had already broken that treaty with Abraham that he would treat his sons kindly because he's not really treating Isaac that kindly here. But now he goes and he does the exact same thing with Isaac. He says, let's make a treaty just as I've done with Abraham. And he says, we have always treated you well, and we sent you away from us in peace. And then he makes an excuse for his actions. He was probably feeling guilty and slightly afraid of Isaac for how, um, you know, how much growth that Isaac was, was experiencing. And he says, look how much the Lord has blessed you because we kicked you out of our land. <laughs> and so this is another reason why I think Isaac was a little bit more docile. It says in verse 30, Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty and they ate and drank together. So Isaac's just like, okay, whatever, I'll make a treaty with you. And the king leaves the next morning, but first they make a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. So now we know why that king went to Isaac. He just did not want Isaac to overtake him and to uh, become too powerful. 
So Abimelech makes a solemn oath not to interfere with Isaac as long as Isaac doesn't interfere with him. And he leaves him in peace. Now after this, it was almost like God had performed a miracle once again. It says Isaac's servants after that, it says that very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well they had dug. So this would have been miraculous. You know how God like just does stuff for you. This probably was something like that for, for Isaac, you know, God revealing himself to Isaac once again. So it says, they said, we found water, they exclaimed. So they were super happy that they found this well. And Isaac named the well Sheba, with, which means oath. And it's called Beersheba, which means the well of the oath. And all of this was just God protecting Isaac from everything, really showing Isaac that he is providing for him. He's providing water for him. He's providing security for him. You know, Isaac's not going to have to worry about the people, the Philistines in that land anymore. There's, there's an oath now. So he's secure now. He has an abundant amount of food, abundant amount of money and servants and power and all this other stuff. You know, God really came through on his promise to Isaac and to Abraham as well, that he would bless Isaac. And after this, the tiniest little blurb at the end of this chapter in verse 34 and 35 says that Esau, who was Isaac's son, one of Isaac's sons, you remember, it says at the age of 40, Esau marries two Hittite wives, Judith and Basamath. And these wives were horrible in some way because they made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah is what verse 35 says. And the author of Genesis doesn't elaborate on how these wives made life miserable for them, but they did. And this was just another example of how Esau was just not in line with God's plan. Firstly, Esau had rejected his birthright, something that God had given to him as a baby. He completely rejected it, didn't care about God's ways. And then again, he's marrying these Hittite women who he should never have been with because they were outside of the promise of God, firstly. And secondly, they were just terrible women in some way because they made life miserable for everybody. So this was the end of Genesis chapter 26. Sorry, once again, my episodes seem to get be getting longer and longer. But you know, if you do enjoy this podcast, I encourage you to share it on your social media platforms because we are supposed to spread the gospel to every creature. So share it, you know, grow this community of people who listen to this podcast. You know, I'm part of this community as well. And I love sitting down and learning this stuff before I talk about it every single day. I love doing it. And it's been helping me immensely. It's been helping my growth as well. And I want everybody to experience that same thing. So if you like the podcast, I definitely encourage you to share it or you can rate it five stars. That will help other people see it because the more five-star reviews I have, the more my podcast gets found. But friends, thank you so much once again for tuning in. I want to ask all of you faithful listeners to have a fantastic rest of your Monday. Happy listening and God bless.